0: Good evening, everyone. Hey, this is Jim with Marketing Beef According to Jim, and we are on podcast. What is it? 18. Here we go. 18. Who would have thought 18 weeks ago that I would have been starting my 18th? So this is awesome. Um, people say I'd run out of material after about the fifth one, and, and so far I haven't. Got a lot to talk about. Say we're going to, I'm calling this podcast Dribble. So this is Jim's Dribble. Um, I don't have one particular thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about, uh, some things I learned. I went to Vegas, uh, for four days and i kind of want to talk about that a little bit and learn some interesting things. Went to some seminars in Vegas and had a good time. Um, when I was flying in, I did realize, well, if I was a pilot, I would have turned around and came back and I'm, I'm, I'm not a good guy with, I'm not a guy that really does well in big environments, cities, um. I'm a small town guy. I like the country. I like being out in the middle of nowhere. The less people there are for me, the more comfortable I am. So if I want to drive into a small town, you know, a thousand, 2000, 10,000 people, I'm pretty comfortable. Gets a little bigger than that. I'm really not that comfortable. So going to Vegas on my own was a little bit daunting. And, uh, but I, I, besides staying at the wrong hotel the first night, um, I did pretty well. And, learned a lot you know it's a very unique city if you've never been to vegas i recommend you go it's it is uh it's got everything you've ever heard about and want in life i mean it's there um it's amazing and and i learned there's there's people from all walks of life and all types of income and i learned a lot about beef i mean you would who would have thought i learned about beef in in vegas but i went to a couple of restaurants and just hit home with me like crazy was the prices of beef i mean there was beef there was steaks going for 24 dollars a steak up to thousand dollars a steak um, i'm sure there was even more than that somewhere at some of these other higher-end restaurants that i just don't go into but i'm like do people really pay these prices i asked the waiter i said do people really pay these prices i said what's so what's a thousand dollar steak get you and he goes a steak and I said, well, okay, what, do I get like a salad bar? And he goes, no, you get a potato if you want it for, it was like 5 or $6 extra for a potato. I mean, if I pay 1000 bucks for a steak, I don't even get a, a side dish like a potato? And he goes, no. And I said, well, what's so unique about the steak? And he said, well, it's was the way it was raised and, and uh, just the way it was raised. And I said, well, what's different? raising compared to how I raised and I kinda of a little bit told him a little bit what I did and he says, Well, not really anything. It's just it's in the marketing and um, people want a clean steak and they they want to know how it was raised and it's, it was a YU i I'm probably not even saying it right, the YU beef. And I say he goes, it really isn't that much different than a regular steak. But he said it's they're tender and we have got the best chefs in the world and they're they're preparing it up and I mean you can almost cut it if not mostly you can cut it with a fork. It's guaranteed to be good. We, we guarantee it to be done exactly the way you want it. Very little waste on the steak. He said, people just like the idea they're eating the best steak in the world. And I said, well, it's kind of funny because I preach that a lot and what I do and it's quality. I said, and do we, we know where these steaks come from? He said, no, not really. He said, some are imported from Japan. Some are, are here low, grown in the United States um, or raised in the United States. And, and and we don't get them from one particular buyer. We get them from a, a multitude. We do have some criteria. And I said, well, what's the difference between a, a $24 steak and a $1,000 steak? Well, he says one's $24 and one's $1,000. And he goes, well, if you ever made that kind of money that some of these people make, it makes them feel good buying a $1,000 steak, and they don't feel good buying a $24 steak. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, people that make that kind of money don't feel good eating a, a $24 steak. They, 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 he says he kind of, they, it's like eating shoe leather to, you know, something that melts in your mouth, even though they may be close to the same steak. In their perception, there's a huge difference. They've earned the right to buy a thousand dollar steak, they don't want to buy a twenty four dollar steak. These people that make that kind of money don't want to be part of the norm, they want to be part of their group. And it's all in the marketing. It's all in their perception of what they're eating. I said, yes. And he says, and we talked for quite a bit. And I said, do you have to tell a story? Do you have to sell them on a $1,000 steak? And he goes, well, not a lot. But some people do ask. And uh, I do give them a story on how it was raised and, and everything. And he said, but really, just the menu that says $1,000 steak is enough for most people that can afford it. Um, when they have a date or when they have people out, you know They don't want to buy a $24 steak. And if you're going to spend $500 for a steak, you might as well spend $1,000 for a steak and get the very best guaranteed steak there is. So I left. Um, I think I ordered a Philly cheesesteak sandwich because that's what I could afford. Um, I think it was 16 bucks, And I'm like, kind of hit home a little bit. So I was kind of thinking. So I kind of told myself I was going to make a little experiment. I went down to the bar and paid $12 a beer. And again, it's the exact same bush Light bottle of beer as I can get in Iowa and we pay $3 a bottle for beer here. And it's $12 a bottle for Bush light there. And there's no difference in bottles, except it's served by a pretty waitress, which we have here in Iowa, but it's $12 a beer. So I gulped a couple down. There's a lot of money. You know, you, you don't want to drink them too fast at $12 a beer. So I took my time and we were sitting there with some friends and, and, uh, I was wearing my colors. Yes, I do wear my colors in Vegas. I may be a nerd, but I did wear my uh, marketing beef, according to Jim, sweatshirt and my hat, and I do wear it backwards. Yes, some people think that's corny or stupid or I'm too old for that, but that's the way I like to wear my hat. Um, So after we sat there for quite a while and getting smoked out and watching people gamble and stuff, um, there were some people that were sitting next to us, and we started talking to them, and they started we started a conversation, and one of them just asked, hey, I see your shirt. What's marketing beef according to Jim? So I told him, and we started a conversation. And then I started getting into it, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a little, again, I'm going to a little experiment here. I'm going to find out why people or how people buy food. So I want to I do an experiment because I want you guys to do this when you start conversations with people to get into how they, you know, trying to sell stuff to people I want to do it like I was pretending I was you guys. So if I can't do it, how can I expect people I talk to to do it? So I'm like pretending that I sold beef. They don't know me from anybody. I don't sell beef. I talk to people about buying beef. I used to sell beef, and I want to get back into that again. But right now, I don't. So I just started asking them questions. I say, you know, let me ask you a couple of questions. What is your favorite food? What do you like to eat the most? I heard about this $1,000 steak up there. And what, what do you like? What's your favorite food? And they were telling me. And some person said steak. I said, great. Well, so how do you prepare it? Do you like it medium rare, medium well, medium? He goes, oh, no, medium rare, medium rare. Everybody's like, okay. I said, well, how often do you uh, do you buy beef? Do you buy beef just at uh, restaurants? Do you buy it at home? Do you buy quarters, halves, holes just at the grocery store? And most of them, they told me how they did it um, and, and where they buy it from. No one told me they buy it from a local farmer. They all buy it from the local grocery store. Uh, not well, actually not one person said they buy it from a local farmer. They, and I asked one person, I said, why don't you buy it in a whole or half or a quarter? And they said, we no, he didn't even know you could do that. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, well, no one's, I've never heard of anybody buying a half or a quarter. Um, I'd explained to him what that even meant. I'm like, wow. And then, um, they weren't really from any, you know, small town or big town. It was just a medium sized town. I think their town was like 45,000. I think one of them said they're from Ohio. Um, I think the other one said it was Tennessee. Um, but they said, yeah, we've never been even around a farm or even around farmers. We don't know anybody that raises beef, so we just buy it from a local, I think it's a Whole Foods or um, some uh, organic place they buy from. And I said, wow, that's pretty interesting. And um, I said, if somebody, a rancher or somebody ever came by and offered you a farm tour, come out and see their farm, would you ever like to do it that raised beef? And they said, geez, that'd be interesting. Uh, we've never done that before. We've never been out on a farm. We don't really know what it's like. We've heard about it, and, and no one really knows. and underst- so We never don't really know and understand what it is. And we've talked about that for quite a while and what my farm used to be like and the things that you do. And I said, well, I try to tell people that, and my ranchers and my people that listen to me that that's what they need to do. And they said, God, that'd be a great idea. We've, we've never done that before, and it'd be really interesting. I said, well, how ap- if you like the farm and like the way they raise their beef, would you be more apt to buy from somebody like that? Or you still want to go back to your whole foods? She says, well, no, if you raise it the way we like it and we can pick out our own, she's. I probably don't want to name it. Don't, don't name me the cow. Or don't even point out which cow I'd be getting. But I, they said, if, if we found out that's how it was raised, yo, I would definitely rather buy beef from a local person than I would be from a grocery store. Cause we still don't know where it comes from at this local grocery store, the wholesale foods and other places we don't, they don't really know for a fact how it's raised or where it's, where it's been or how it's made people have handled If it. it's even really truly raised the way they say it is on the package. And I said, well, that's really interesting. And I said, what's your number one factor in a buying decision? What is it that you, what do you rate? I mean, how do you go in and buy beef? And they said, well, we just like, we like organic beef. We don't want anything in it. We don't want I mean, we don't want any chemicals in our beef. We don't want any. Uh, we heard about hormones and like that, so we look at for packages that have that on there. Um, something that looks good doesn't look old because we don't know enough about it really to to really make that decision. But that's kind of what we look for. We just trust the we trust uh, the supermarket that we buy from that it's legit.
1: And I said, okay, cool. So everybody has a different reason for buying, and. That's what their
0: reason was, but but it's it's funny because I've never been asked by anybody to actually buy beef from a local producer, and maybe we take it for granted, but there's such, that's kind of like, there was probably five people around us besides the people I knew, and that was kind of the consensus for all of them, and most people were just really interested in just seeing the farm, and no one's really been out on a farm before in those areas, which again has completely shocked me because I thought everybody's been on a farm. Uh, but these people in the cities, they don't. They don't. They don't get out of their environment. They don't get out of their cities. They don't have any interest in going out in the country because they're scared to death. There's nothing out there. Um, first of all, and you you have no idea how people get scared leaving their environment in a city and, walk, and driving out in the country. They think they're going to get robbed. They think they're going to get lost. Uh, they don't think anything is out there. Um, you'd be really surprised. So. Asking people these questions when you go out and talk to people is how you get your foot in the door. I could have asked these kids any question. I said, hey, if I owned a farm out there, I said, I'd like to invite you guys out. Why don't you guys come out tomorrow night or Thursday night or Saturday night. I'm going to throw a party. It's all free. Come on out. We're going to have some steaks. I want you to taste the steaks that I raised, and I'm going to provide some alcohol. We're going to have a little party, just have a little bonfire. And I want you guys to come out and see how I how we do this out at my out of my ranch, you know. I could have done that with all of them and had in as many as invite some friends. I could have had as many people as I wanted if I actually owned a ranch out there or was close to it. These people are hard, these people are love. I I said this a lot of times before in other podcasts. These people love ranchers. They don't know them. They don't know what they do, is what they hear, but they're so fascinated by what you do because they're not around it. They don't have any concept of what you guys do. They've never been out there. They don't see it. They just see what's in the movies. They think everything's Yellowstone. These guys all think everybody walks around in cowboy hats, drives or rides horses, and they're all big time macho guys and getting bar fights all the time. And and girls are all over them. And and you got these big, beautiful homes. And they all think it's, you know, everybody owns 10,000 acres or 100,000 acres. They don't know. And you guys take it for granted. And that's why, again, I know you're going to get tired of me saying it, but I hate internet selling. You cannot visualize, you cannot get people excited about your product by buying online. If I invited these kids out and they liked what I did and they liked the beef, they're coming out forever and and they're coming out forever. They're always going to buy beef from me and I tell them how wanted they are and how welcome they are and, and how excited I am that they're coming out to my farm and they're picking out their beef, and I'm going to help them through it. I'm going to help them process it. I'm going to help them pick it out, what the cuts they want. I'm going to follow up with them. I'm going to keep in contact with them. I'm going to invite them out for more parties. I'm going to invite their friends. It is the most powerful thing in the world, and I just, and it, just it absolutely just solidified everything that I said I have been saying in my podcast, all from me wearing a shirt or a pullover. That had, my, that had my colors on it. Hey, what do you, and I love when people say, what do you do? Boom, door open. I'm in. I'm asking questions. And I'll ask them questions until I get what I want. And you can write down a series of questions and just start memorizing questions. It doesn't really matter what you write down, what questions you ask. It's going to lead somewhere. You know, Your questions are going to lead to a topic, and you're going to direct those people towards a topic. So depending upon what their answers are, you're going to come up with another question and you're just going to keep asking questions. You're not going to interrogate them. but You're just going to to say stuff like, well, that's really interesting. Tell me why. Tell me more. Why do you say that? What what brings you to that conclusion? Why did you make that decision? Um, Things like that. You're going to have a good conversation. You're going to listen while they talk. People love people that listen. If you're doing all the talking, the people are not going to like you. Let them talk. Ask them questions. They like they people are thinking this guy really wants to get to know me. He's very interesting. You might have might have said ten words the whole night, but they're going to think you're very interesting because you're you're attentive. You're asking simple questions. You're getting them to talk, and before long, you guys are friends, and you're inviting them out. And you can do that anywhere. You can do it in the local cafeteria. You can do it at the library. You can do it at a baseball game, basketball game, football game. You can go um, to it anywhere you're at and start a conversation with people. And I asked them, I said, would you ever pay $1,000 for a steak? And they said, we'd love to someday just to try it. We don't probably do it now, but just to say we've done it and see what it tastes like, they'd like to do it. So what I'm, again, what I'm trying to get to this point is if you can tell the story and you, can, and you can paint a picture of how unique your steak is or how unique the beef you raise is compared to everybody else's,
1: Price is not the issue Price is only for people that can't afford anything. It's not for people that have made
0: a success out of their life and have money. Money's not the issue. It is what am I getting for my money? I want to be unique. I want to try something different. I want to
1: have something that nobody else does I want I want something. I want something that people perceive as being the best. I want something that I,
0: that nobody else would typically buy because I've earned the right. I worked my butt off my entire life and I want something unique. And yeah, you're not going to sell everybody like that, but there are people out there that will buy unique stuff and you guys are unique. You guys raised things uniquely and you're doing unique marketing. And you're asking questions. You're not being a chicken shit and standing behind a computer and trying to just send out emails and hope people in, faceless people, faceless, nameless people to contact you. And that you're, you're not even, you don't even know who you're talking to. You don't even know why they bought your beef. You don't, you don't even know if they like
1: it. You don't even know if they threw it away. They don't know if they're telling other people. You don't know anything. So this is powerful. Get used to asking questions. and. You will, you will reap the rewards tenfold.
0: You know, I have something that came up. My son bought um, grass-fed beef from a, a producer. Let me ask you a question here. He bought beef from a grass-fed producer. They took it to a local locker, bought a half, went up, got the beef, brought it home, um, took them a couple days before they ate their first, um, opened up their first package, and then they found out they got the wrong beef. It wasn't the beef they bought. It was somebody else's. So they call the locker, not really getting any satisfaction,
1: but what do you, what would you do as a producer if one of your customers got the wrong beef from the locker.
0: You know, they want a grass-fed beef, so they didn't want gra- grain-finished beef. What if she was what if his wife was allergic to gra- to corn-fed beef and that's what they got. What if she got sick on it? Uh, but they're saying it's your beef. What if what if the meat wasn't very good? They bought grass-fed beef from you, but they got somebody else's beef that was raised on corn stalks. You know, it doesn't have a good taste to it, but they perceive it to be your beef. Would you reimburse them? Would you get them the right beef? Would you ignore it? I mean, these are things that come up. And how, how good is your locker? If you went talk to your locker, what would they do to rectify it? So when you're interviewing your lockers, Ask them, what if you give my customer the wrong beef? What would you do? And if you don't like their answer, you need to go on because that happens. They do a lot of beef, and there's a lot of beef hanging in their lockers. You're not the only beef hanging in their lockers. What if they just start picking out beef and say, well, it's all the same, they just start cutting it up and say, yeah, this is a XYB cattle company's beef. This is grass-fed beef. And they don't really care. They're just picking it out of the locker right out of the freezer. Can you guarantee your locker's not doing that? Have you ever been into somebody's locker before and you see all the different beefs hanging there?
1: How do you know that your customer's getting yours? Think about it. You could lose a lot of customers. So if she gets sick and finds out that it's corn-fed beef, who's going to be responsible? You or the locker? You better find out because it, and in, in you sell, start selling
0: a lot of people beef, and they got the locker is really motating and, and cutting beef. You better be sure they're getting the right beef. I know when you bring in a deer, you're not getting the same deer you killed. They just throw it all in a pile and then you start processing it, and
1: and they're not getting the same deer. Do you want that with your beef, with your with your steers or your or your cows that come in? Um. Next thing is. Just something I'm going to hit on real quick here is I've been reading a lot. I've been listening
0: to a lot. I've been looking at some of the stuff on Facebook, and I, I belong to different organizations and different groups, and there are some people complaining about how they took uh, their beef, their cows into the sale barn and just got butchered as far as price. Didn't get what they wanted at all. And I'm like, duh. I mean, what do you think when you take your cows – into the sale barn. You think you're going to get top dog price for them? I mean, you can't be going in thinking this is the greatest way to sell beef or sell my cows is through the sale barn. And you walk out of there like, are you really surprised that you got a crappy price for them? Especially off breeds. If it's not an Angus, let's say you brought in a Bell to Galloway or or Highland or a Murray Gray or um, any other... You know, style of beef, or type of beef or breed of beef. Do you really think you're going to get top, top dollar for it? Are you walking in there going, "I'm going to get top dollar because I have the greatest I have the greatest heifers. I have the greatest cows in the world. And these, these are so good, they produce the best calves. Um, they're just incredible. Okay, well, when you've been to a sale barn, how many auctioneers have asked you about your beef, about your cows and about the, the prodigy and the history of them and how good they are? None, they're just animals. They they walk them through as fast as they can. You know, your your big people always want black cows, black or red. They all want them uniform, exactly the same. And do you think people go to the sale barn to pay top dollar for a cow? That you, no, they go there to try to get a deal. Everybody thinks the everybody thinks when you go in, you bring a that you go into a sale barn and buy it's distressed merchandise. Why else should you be selling at a sale barn? If you had really good stuff, why are you going to a sale barn? You should be selling that to people face-to-face, modeling, modeling on a phone call. You should have people come to your farm. If you got that good of a cow, you should have people come to your farm, looking at it and buying it and taking it home. There's no reason why you're taking a, a really, really good cow to the sale barn. If you got that good of a cow, you should be talking months and months and months ahead of time to potential buyers to come to your farm to buy it. So if you don't and you can't get it sold, guess what it is? It's distressed merchandise. And you're taking it to the sale barn because nobody wants to buy it. So people go to the sale barn because it's distressed merchandise. They're starting their herd. They got a kid in four age. They don't have a lot of money. They're going in and getting distressed merchandise. They're not going to give you top dollar for
1: it. Think. I'm telling you about selling retail. It doesn't matter if you're selling beef or you're selling the whole cow live.
0: You have to do your marketing. You have to get with the right buyers to buy your product. And you can't do it one week before you need to sell it. You need to do it months and months and months ahead of time. And you need to stay in contact with these people. You think they're going to buy one cow and they're done for the rest of their life? No. If they bought one, they're going to buy two. If they buy two, they're going to buy ten. Sooner or later, they're going to buy a whole bunch. And you, keep, you have to keep promoting your stock to these people. It's not a one-and-done deal. Or again, you're going to be—you're be round them up into your trailer, and you're going to take them to the local sale bar, and you're going to walk out of there going, boo hoo I didn't get any money from my great,
1: great cow. Duh, no kidding. These auctioneers don't give a crap about you. They got 10,000 cows they got to run through. You're just another cow. They give you 10
0: seconds to bid. Highest bidder goes. Next, they didn't say, God, they're one, a really nice cow. I should have got a lot more money for that. Hey, bring it back here. I'm going to keep auctioning it. Nope, 10, one and done. Boom, out the door.
1: Get it out of here. And if your cow acts up while it's in the ring, it's even more distressed merchandise. You're going to get even less. So. I kind of laugh at people. I not laugh like
0: I feel bad for them, but I laugh at the situation. It's like, how can you be that naive? How can you be that naive to think a sale barn is where you get good prices for your
1: for your animal? I don't get it. Right now, um, this is the second week of, of November,
0: and this is the perfect time for you guys to start promoting bundles of beef. Beef to sell. Get a hold of your customers. Get a hold of people. Say, would you want to give your kids gifts of beef. This is the number one time of the year where people buy beef for their their families. They give them as Christmas gifts. You can buy small amounts of beef. You can buy a couple steaks and some hamburger and a roast and package it together, and they can give it to their employees. They can give it to their loved ones. They can give it to a girlfriend. They can give it to their mother-in-law, father-in-law. They can buy half beef, quarter beef. It's not that expensive, and they give them out as gifts. Best gifts in the world. If you're not promoting it right now, you're losing money. And it's not about what was the cheapest. It's about who can get it to them. Who can take care of all the, all the, all the stuff behind it. Who can take care of all the arrangements and get it packaged and processed and, and uh, bundled up and, and brought to you right before Christmas. So it's not about, they're not searching for the cheapest price. They're searching for somebody that can get it done. We're down to the nitty gritty. Anybody have any locker dates available? If you're not a year or two ahead of time talking to your locker about I want a beef process the first week of November,
1: dude, you're losing it. These are some certain particular times of the year. You need to have your locker and your beef at the locker.
0: In all year you should be selling it. But especially right now.
1: This is prime time to be selling bundles of beef to for Christmas gifts. Beef sticks. my
0: God, you can sell beef sticks all day long. Go to any, any of these uh, companies and all your customers who are managers or owners of businesses, you can go back to them and say, hey, I would like to give your, your employees some beef, uh, a package of beef sticks and some steaks and a hamburger. You know, pay 100 bucks, 150 bucks, and be great Christmas gifts. Instead of giving out some
1: stupid cash card to Walmart or to Amazon, give them something they can use. A great way to promote it. You can be pr- promoting that all year.
0: See, we got our Christmas special. Let's, we, get, we sell out so quickly. We got our Christmas special coming up in November uh, for December. Let's get signed up for that. I know it's only February. But let's get signed up for it. Get your name down now because it's going to be too late. And we got special packaging. We can gift wrap it, we can deliver it. You can sell so much beef this time of year. Just matter how bad you want to go out and do it. Or you can sit behind a desk and look at the computer and hopefully somebody clicks
1: on your little cute little your Christmas special. and hopefully you do it that way. You won't sell much. So get out there and start selling this stuff. You can talk to everybody about that. A lot of things
0: happening coming up here. One other thing, somebody called me the other day and asked me about, again, I'm going to bring it up again, about online selling. Am I really against online selling? I'm not against online selling. Once you get the customer and once they've been to your farm and you know them face-to-face and you know them um, real well, and if that's the way they want to reorder from you um, after you contact them, if they want to say, well, let me get on your online, let me just get, I'll place my order, here it is. It's just easier. I'm gonna do it at my office. I'm gonna look over what's available, and I'll, and I'll click on. I'll get an order from you. That's fine because you've already met them. You know who they are. You know what they're doing. You see them. You invited them out. They're not nameless. They're not faceless. They know what you're about. They know your product. You know they don't need to be sold as hard. Now it's just a matter of them getting on your website and reordering. Okay, that part is okay because you and I. And that's a great way to do it. It saves you time, and you can tell them say, hey, if you want to reorder beef, you either call me. Uh, if you don't want to call me, then uh, just get online and order it, and I'll and I'll get it to you. And I can either, well, I'm usually in town, I can deliver it to you. Not a problem at all. I would rather do that and deliver everything than send it through the mail. I I just like to have more control, and I want to see my customers right before Christmas. I want to make sure they get it. I want to see how happy they are, and I want to ask them, do you guys give out?" Uh, christmas gifts for your kids do you want to you know i got some steaks left i got some bundles left would you like to go ahead and get some for your kids i mean there's so much selling opportunities out there if you just can get in front of your customers and get out of this online selling stuff
1: and it just it just makes me crazy to think people can run a business by just relying on the internet
0: i don't get it it is its no one's ever gotten rich because they've, they've sold beef on
1: the internet. You've got to develop a long-term customer base. And then just keep at them. And then you can start asking them
0: questions. You know, who did, and it's for Thanksgiving. They should be getting their Thanksgiving turkeys in a couple more days. So all the people you talked to six months ago or four months ago, we should be delivering turkeys right now or getting close to it. You should have had all these turkeys sold. All the way up to now, you just keep contacting customers. Say, "Hey, I've got 50 turkeys left, 20 turkeys left, 100 turkeys left, 10 turkeys left, five turkeys left. Get your turkey. We can get them delivered. Easiest sale in the world. I got ham. I got hams for sale. I got pork for sale for Thanksgiving. Um, Then you go into when you're there, you talk. You can talk to them about the beef. They want to think, you know, set up your Christmas. So you're missed out if you if you just completely ignored me and decided not to." to find a, a turkey producer out there that maybe had 100 that he would let you uh, um, sell off of. You just missed out on a lot of money. You really did. And it, it's just such a great thing. They're buying their turkey somewhere. I mean, these people are all buying their turkey somewhere. They're just not buying it from you. They're going to the store. They're going somewhere. Someone, You just missed out on all the potential money. You did. And I don't care if you would have made an extra 500 bucks or an extra thousand bucks. That's a lot. That's money that you just completely missed. Now you can sell them their Christmas dinner. There's another bunch of money that's there. Then you got Easter coming up. Um, Sell them that dinner. And then you got first time you do grilling coming up. And then you got some, I mean, it just keeps, there's every kind of reason in the world to keep in contact with people to sell them their food. And if you're not doing it, you're missing out on all this money—a thousand here, a thousand here, a thousand here, a thousand here, five hundred here, a thousand here. That all adds up. And you got Christmas trees coming—you know—now you'd be selling people Christmas trees here in another couple of weeks. Did you get a hold of any Christmas tree producers? No. Okay. Well, you just wasted a whole bunch of money because all your customers are buying Christmas trees from somewhere. They're either buying it from Menards or they're buying it from a, a, a local company that sells. They're buying it from a street corner. They're buying Christmas trees. Not everyone has a fake Christmas tree anymore. Again, you missed out on some money, maybe another 500 bucks, 100,000 bucks, 2,000 bucks. Whoops, that, there goes that. Are you selling people anything
1: uh, for New Year's? Everybody eats prime rib on New Year's. Steaks. Are you bundling some stuff together for a New Year? Okay, there's so many things that we guys have got to do.
0: And I tell you what, if people are clicking on your beef for the first time, they're not going back to you to get all their other stuff for all these holidays. They're not. First of all, they don't remember you. They don't remember what website you were on or where they even found you at. But if you're contacting them all the time and you're delivering their beef and you're bringing it up, say, look, i got a special coming up for New Year's. Let me bring it by or let me email it to you real quick. It's going to be the special. I got some available. It's the best beef I've ever owned. You can have it for a New Year's meal. Or, hey, Johnny's got a, a basketball game. Basketball season's starting. You want instant energy? I got these beef sticks. It'd be a great thing to put in his backpack. Doesn't take up any space. It doesn't, you know, that's all packaged, pressure sealed. He can eat it uh, between games or before the game. Doesn't give him an upset stomach. Um, full of protein. It's going to give him energy. It doesn't rot. Then I prepare it. Then I need a microwave. Just rip it open. Eat a couple. Eat a beef stick. Come back in for uh, halftime. Eat another beef stick. Give some to his friends.
1: Gives him a pump up. He's not eating crap between between uh, games. Again, more sales. Get creative, people. There's a lot of money out there to be made, and a lot of people will pay the
0: money. I witnessed it firsthand, and. You can't give me the, the, uh, the excuse, well, that's a whole different world. It's not. It's the same world we live in, just a little different location. But these people don't live in Vegas. They come from Vegas. They come from all over. They have money. And they want something unique. They want something different. They want quality. People will pay quality. They'll pay money for quality. They're not going to pay money for crap. They already think $24 stakes are crap.
1: We think $24 stakes is unreal. Okay, once you get that in their mind, it's just not going. Nothing else is going to do for them. So once they start buying thousand, and I don't expect
0: you to sell steaks for a thousand bucks, but I'm just saying is don't undercut yourself and be have to be the lowest price out there. You're not going. First of all, you're not going to make money. It's a waste of time. All that time you spent
1: raising that beef and you're going to undercut everybody. Are you crazy? Just get out of the business have confidence quality will set you free quality will make you money
0: There's a lot of things to go along it's a it, just leaving town like that and going to a different world really opens your eyes up to what's really going on in this world and remember a lot of people have never been on a farm or a ranch before don't take it for granted because you live on one that everybody should know what you do they don't it's like you don't know what everybody does have you ever been into uh inner cities of chicago have you ever been into uh um, Harlem. Have you been to these places? You you think you know what it is? I bet if you went there, you would be, you would be amazed, right? Well, it's home to them, and you'd be completely out of, completely out of sync being somewhere you've never been before. Well, it's the same with them. So be proud of what you do. Invite people. That's why I want this farm tour. Invite people out to your farm wherever you're at. You will sell a lot of beef. So
1: again, if you need to get a hold of me.
0: I'm at 319-213-4672. I try to have another podcast here before Thanksgiving. Kind of wanted to go over some other things, but I'm going to cut it short tonight. It's got a lot of snow out tonight. I'm going to go out and enjoy that. Follow up with your customers, people. If you want to stay in this business a long time and get a name for yourself, once you get a name for yourself, once you get a positive name for yourself, look out, Katie bar the door. You're going to have people from all over coming to see you. You don't even have to market. People are going to come in from all over to see you because they want. Once you have the name, the, the reputation of quality, price don't mean crap. Get the reputation out. Get your name out there. Have the reputation and don't deviate from it ever. Quality, quality, quality. And I go back to that point. If your customer got the wrong beef, what are you going to do? Here's what you do. You will give them another half of beef. I don't care what it costs. And you apologize upside and down. Let them know, I did, not, I did not know you got the wrong beef. And I'm here to rectify it. You rectify it within minutes. You don't wait a day, a week. You don't think about it. You don't fight them on it. You don't justify it. You don't do nothing. You don't give them a discount. You don't give them a coupon. You just rectify it and you give them another half beef. I don't care what it costs. You make those customers happy because once you do, and you don't make a big deal out of it, and you apologize and you say, look, you deserve the best beef in the world, and I, that's what you bought, and that's what you're going to get. If my locker made a mistake, that's their problem. I'll handle it with the locker. <laughs> you don't have to handle anything. You're my customer. Here's the beef. You're getting the best beef in the world, and that's what you paid for, period. I apologize. Take their beef back, take it to the locker, and you and the locker guy, the butcher, handle it. Leave the folks out of it. Those people will always buy from you. Ever, forever. And they will tell 100 people, if not 1,000 people, what happened. Because right now, they're telling people right now what happened at the locker. They got the wrong beef and they got stiffed. You, and you're The producer, not his fault, is going to lose a whole lot of customers. And you're going to get that reputation
1: of selling the wrong beef. And you promoted the locker. That's the locker you recommended, so it's your fault. So the answer to the question is, handle it. Today, right now, this second.
0: Don't wait a minute. These people pay damn good money for your beef, and they're relying on it. And if that girl gets sick because she ate the wrong beef, you will never, ever, ever, ever live that down. It's not worth it. It costs you 500 bucks or 1000 bucks. I don't care. It'll gain you $50,000. fixing it right right away but if you don't fix it you might as well
1: just pull up stakes and leave because your reputation is done you don't think so try it and
0: i don't hope you don't i hope you don't try it i know a lot of you people are good people good honest people and you will you
1: will fix it right now and i don't worry about that if i'd have known they were buying it from out of town i would have given the people that i buy my beef from
0: i would give them their name which i have before but oh i will leave you tonight i hope to meet some of you guys hope you guys have a great week um again call me at 319-213-4672 you can go on the facebook page which is marketing beef according to jim i try to post there as often as i can um this week since i've been gone to vegas i i slacked off a little bit but i'll be getting right back into it again and we'll start sharing some more things. Please uh, get on and, and contribute. I'd love to hear your guys' ideas, questions, uh, pictures of your farms, um, anything that worked for you. Just some feedback is awesome. You know, we do this podcast, and, and we try to learn. And, and I don't like doing all the talking. If you guys have questions, call me. You can even call me anytime you want or text me, and I'll be glad to answer any questions or talk
1: about it on the air. So other than that, I bid you a farewell. You have a good night. And I hope you guys keep tuning in.